Good morning, everyone. So today, and I, I always like reminding everyone, <clears throat> a wonderful thing to do is to pay attention to the fact that our gospel readings that the church gives us are not kind of randomly chosen. And sometimes we can get that sense. If, if you go a week between masses, it's easy to forget what last week's gospel was. Does anybody remember? Beatitudes, right. Somebody said it. It was the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. In the church, our gospel reading today is the immediate next lines. And so we didn't just kind of choose these randomly. We're walking right through Matthew's gospel. And the Sermon on the Mount, which runs from the beginning of Matthew chapter 5, it ends at the end of chapter 7 of Matthew, is the heart of Christian living day by day. And not everything in there is easy to understand, but I just want to really encourage you, brothers and sisters, we should know the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's our rule of life. It's the, the thing that guides us in our day by day living. So today, Jesus says something kind of odd after last week's gospel. Last week, we talked about, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we talked about, no one really knows what meekness means, but it has something to do with humility. And then today, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. It's kind of hard to be humble when you're the light of the world, isn't it? (laughs) I was thinking, one of my friends in my priestly community, Father Joseph, he's assigned to Light of the World Parish. And whenever I hear this gospel reading, I think of that song. Remember the one we all sang growing up? You know, we are the light of the world. It's a little less tone deaf than normal. Um, I've never liked that song. But, but I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder if they have to sing that Light of the World every Sunday. You know, they're like, come every week, they're like, yep, that's us. Light of the world. And I, I can tell Father Joseph when I see him next time, I'm going to say, you should really put that on your resume. You know, like two years, parochial vicar, light of the world. And I am the light of the world. See Matthew 5.14. Um, but how do we wrestle with this? How do we understand this? Brothers, it seems so bold. It doesn't seem to us like we can be the light of the world. We're supposed to be meek and humble and lowly. How can Jesus say this? And so today, if we're going to understand what Christ is teaching us, there's three parts we have to understand. And the part about us is the last piece. The first piece is about the story of the Old Testament, which we heard in our first reading. The second and the most important piece is the story of Christ. And only when we get those two can we actually understand what Jesus says about us. So, in the Old Testament, we heard today in Isaiah 58, God calling the Jews to be a light to the world. Jesus' line in Matthew 5 here is not new. It runs in, in various places in the Old Testament, especially the book of Isaiah, but in other places as well. Uh, and a, a good place, actually, that it could be summed up as in Daniel chapter 12. 
And I love this line. This is one of my hopes in my heart, by the way. I remember reading this when I was like a college kid and I was falling in love with God and it was starting to come alive to me. And there's this promise in Daniel chapter 12. It says, those who are wise, and by the way, light and salt, which we heard Jesus talk about today, both of those things are images for wisdom in the Old Testament. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I love that promise. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. What a beautiful promise God gives us there in Daniel 12. The Jews were called to be the light to the nations. And the primary image of that is the law. You know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's talking about the law of God. And the Jews celebrated that. In the Old Testament, there's this great feast day. They have a feast day called the Feast of Tabernacles. And we know one of the ways that the Jews celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, lit Jerusalem up, we're told, with thousands and thousands and thousands of candles. Isn't that a beautiful image? Some of you have been here long enough, you know that I have kind of a love-hate relationship with electric light. There's nothing so beautiful as a really, really dark night and then a bunch of candles. It's stunning. Well, on the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jews did that. They lit up Jerusalem with a ton of candles. And the whole point of that was God's promise that the law of God, which is the light of the world, would spread to all nations. But they failed. And so the story is God's always called his people to be a light to others, to help people when they're walking in darkness to see the way they should live. That is not new. God has always called those who love him to become that. But it didn't work until the coming of Christ. And here's my main point today, brothers and sisters. Do you want to be a light to others? And don't we need that? The point of it, right, is that it's easy to talk about ideas. Is Jesus God? Is he not? Uh, are the teachings of Christ- Christianity helpful? Are they true? And people will debate all day until they meet someone who is holy. When you meet someone who, who lives it, they become a light. And it's obvious. So anyways, so how do we become lights? Well, brothers and sisters, the most important thing for you to know is that you can't. <laughs> You can't be a light. The only true light is him. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And all throughout John's gospel, in the beginning of it, in the beginning of John's gospel, it says the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. And the secret of Christians, brothers and sisters, is not that we're better than other people. We're not 
We are no better than other people. The only thing that makes us lights is him. Right? The good news of Christianity is you don't have to be special, specially chosen by God. God loves everyone. But once you've discovered that, once you've discovered his love for you, you're called to reflect that. So how do we become the light of the world? Many of you know this. This is a beautiful image the church has always used for Mary. And this is the best image. The, the primary symbol for Mary in many ways through church history has been the moon. How does the moon work? The moon at nighttime, isn't it beautiful and just radiant? And you can see it clearly. And the moon sheds its light on the earth. But that light is a borrowed light. The moon, the moon does not actually radiate light. It reflects it. I love that image. Jesus is the light of the world. And brothers and sisters, we become the light of the world not on our own, but only when we reflect the radiance of the true light. That's how we become light of the lights of the world. St. John of the Cross, he comments on this passage. I always like citing people who are way better than I am. It makes me feel like I'm saying the right things. John of the Cross, when he comments on this passage, he says that Christians are the windows through which God's light breaks into the world. That's what it's about. A reflected light. And so wherever you're at right now, think about this. Brothers and sisters, if you're like, wow, I want to be a good person. I want to help other people to find their way in life. I want to help them through dark times. The only way to really do that is to be soaked in the love of Christ. It's only when his love permeates you that's when you can reflect his splendor. Then and only then. I want to go back to our, our first reading, though, briefly. And actually, even better, just two chapters past uh, where we heard our first reading. Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 58. And Isaiah has all kinds of images about this light to the nations. But two chapters later in Isaiah 60 is one of my favorite images that comes in that book. And in Isaiah 60, uh, Isaiah says this. He says, Arise and shine and give God the glory, glory. No, just kidding. It doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. By the way, in Mark's gospel, when Jesus says a lamp is not put on a, uh, under a bushel basket, in Mark's gospel, in the Greek, Jesus says, no light comes. And it's much clearer in Mark's gospel that Jesus is referring to himself as the lamp that lights the house. 
Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? The darkness out in the world, and everybody puts on their best face, and everybody's beautiful and fit and wealthy, and just totally happy, and they're all dying inside. Darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall walk by your light. The only thing that's ever, I think, well, there's two things, but... One of the two things that has ever made me a better person has not been the times that I just know I should be better. We all know that, right? I know I'm supposed to look a certain way. I'm supposed to have a heart that loves a certain way. I'm supposed to live truth. I know that. I've always known that. No one has to tell me that. What has made me a better man is when I know that I'm supposed to be an example for others. One of the times I remember I grew the most in holiness in my life was when I was a missionary. And I had like 10 guys in Bible study and I knew that I was a total chump. (laughs) And I knew that these young men though, they needed someone who could be a model of the Christian life. And it helped me so much. It went from going to saying, okay, Lord, I know that I should, you know, uh, do all those things that the Sermon on the Mount says. And I know I should be just and fair and kind and not cuss at people in traffic, but I do it anyways. It went from that to, here's a group of people I love. And they need me. Here's the truth. God works in the world through Christians. And the only way most people, the only way most people ever find God is if a Christian is who they should be. If you, brothers and sisters, this isn't just about your salvation. This is not just about you kind of finding God's plan for your life. If you do not become who you are supposed to be, the people around you will never find God. That's what it means to be the light of the world. And the only way you'll find it, the only way you'll become who you're supposed to be is if you turn to the true light. If you fall in love with him, if you drink in his words and his life, that's when his splendor reflects from you and radiates from your heart. And so Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You are the true light that enlightens every man. Lord, free us from darkness. Free us from selfishness. Lord, make us that blank slate, that canvas. Lord, make us like the moon, like Mary. Jesus, that when others look 
toward us, Lord, that they would see you. 